Welcome to Awakening the Body, conversations around sexuality, psychedelics, trauma, shame, acceptance, and loving self-kindness. How can we bravely co-create safe enough spaces for our erotic and ecstatic selves to emerge and flourish, opening up to radical self-love for our weird, wonderful, and full beingness? I'm your host, Rachel Charlie somatic sex educator living in Jojoge, Montreal, on the unceded indigenous lands of the Gonyongohoke Mohawk Nation. And today I'm joined by two gorgeous friends and colleagues, Lockie Murdoch and Jess DeVries. And we are talking about what is somatic sex education, what is sex, and what is a mindful erotic practice. Links to Lockie and Jess's websites are in the show notes, as well as a link to the Institute for the Study of Somatic Sex Education. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hi, everybody listening to the podcast. Today, there's a group of three of us, and um, we've got Jess DeVries and Lockie Murdoch and me. And the thing that we share together is we've all done training in somatic sex education. And I thought it would be really cool to gather today and listen about uh, how your practices are emerging and also what is somatic sex education. Um, mm-hmm which is kind of, I think of it as an emergent practice. It's really new and it keeps changing with all the people that are learning about it and working with it and kind of growing it as a modality. Absolutely agree. Definitely it feels like a living and emerging practice. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I always talk about like how people's bodies speak to them differently and so then I feel like the way that each of us is doing this work in the world is like an expression of the way that like our own bodies are like, Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is how I want to be. Um, and then we get to show other people how to be in their bodies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I, I feel similarly, like it's just this, there's these galaxies inside all of us. Well, that's how I feel it. And they're all different galaxies and, there's so much to learn about the way we all are differently in our bodies, um, the ways we differently work. Yeah. I had a client recently. I was like, I don't see colors in my body. And I was like, okay, we've been working together for a while. And you finally told me that you don't like that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a hard one for me too. The colors Mm -hmm. in the body. Sometimes I don't really see them. Yeah. different language yeah yeah so just want to introduce you both a little bit um starting with you Jess Jess DeVries she her is a queer cisgender somatic sex and intimacy coach trained in somatic sex education and sexological bodywork and the somatica method she primarily serves the queer trans community to support folks in reclaiming body autonomy and to inspire curiosity about pleasure and sexual expression, including expanding possibilities of what sex can be and guiding folks to define and pursue pleasure on their own terms. In addition to her pleasure work, she's a grief advocate who regularly facilitates spaces for people to grieve, inviting the wisdom of the body to guide the grief process. She understands that there is a deep kinship between pleasure and grief and believes that they both deserve to be tended as full experiences of our humanity. Yeah, so anything you want to share about that, Jess? Like I, there's a few things in there that are really striking for me, but I'm wondering what you have to say. I just forgot that I wrote that one, and I was like, wow, that was like very succinct and like to the point. <laughs> I'm feeling proud of myself because I normally um too wordy or not. Yeah, I like a lot of words. I'm not too wordy. I like a lot of words. Um, yeah. Like, I think the important parts for me is really getting 
like in into the weeds, into the specifics, which tends to be a little bit annoying for people. Like, well, what do you mean by sex? What do you mean by pleasure? What do you mean by this? Um, so that there's like greater understanding, greater language, less assumptions that they can then kind of make choices from. And like that we have choice in whatever we choose to do around pleasure and sex and intimacy. Yeah. And what does, what does, what does that mean to you and how do you communicate it to somebody else? And then grief. I mean, I think you both have been to various versions of my grief gatherings, but like really one having space because we don't have space for grief. It feels almost as taboo as like sex and pleasure does in a way, like where we're not like, we're not supposed to talk about this thing that like everybody does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But we're not going to give you any tools or any like communicate to you what or how it could possibly like manifest in your body and in your, in your life. And so like bringing permission to that and embodied space to that. Yeah. I get real (laughs) almost every time I'm like, I'm so happy that you're here in this grief space where you're like feeling a lot of pain, but like we're here together in this space. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of joy in naming the things that are hard so then we can like actually work with them yeah Yeah. and also there's a couple of things in there that really speak to me but I'm really curious about the way that you talk about um, the relationship between pleasure and grief in the body and how they can work together like that's do you want to yeah. tell us about that? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so two of my grief teachers were part of an organization called Being Here Human out of Toronto that is now no longer around. And when I did my like grief training with them, they were talking like going through all sorts of things. And then they were talking about the way that like we metabolize grief in the body is by mo- using movement and sound and having a place to share the story and I was like oh (laughs) I work with bodies like I work with a lot of people around masturbation like masturbation is movement and sound Mm -hmm. but also like in my own body I've had experiences where I've been in a dissociative state around intense grief and then pleasure brings me back into my body and like mm-hmm. not to pathologize dissociation in any capacity. Like mm. <laughs> I'm very proud of the way that my body dissociates. <laughs> I guess it's really good <laughs> and really good for me. Um, but also like with the tending of the nervous system and like we get into a dysregulated state and how do we get back into a more regulated state? And I was like, I think pleasure is part of that way back in. Right. And not necessarily sexual pleasure, like that's included, but like Mm. what feels good to your skin, what tastes good to your tongue, what Mm. sounds or beats feel good with your body. And like, if it feels possible, can you give yourself a little bit of that? And I think one of the things that we learn in the SSE program is like about resourcing, Mm. right? And sensory resourcing. And so maybe like it's just part of our toolkit for dysregulation, but also it's part of our toolkit back into erotic and sensual pleasure it it feels like true and there and like it also still feels like a big question mark of like what actually is possible when you Mm. allow pleasure to show up in grief process yeah yeah I wonder if like the heart mm -hmm, of somatic sex education is pleasure like it seems to be a core component of of every single Mm -hmm. element of it like the possibility of coming into the body and the possibility of bringing in pleasure. Yeah. I like the framing of the word possibility in there because I feel like something that's important about somatic sex ed is also that, yeah, naming that sometimes pleasure isn't available and that's like equally as important or something. You know, I like that they use the word possibility there. Something that that reminds me of is like learning early on in the training how not feeling something is feeling something like that really unlocked something for me where I would be like oh like numbness for instance is a feeling it's a sensation actually not a feeling it's like a sensation right so that quality um of like possibility or not you know just just yeah there's something about that with pleasure for me too because sometimes somatic sex ed is about pain and it's about 
tension or yeah, something else that isn't pleasure, but it's, it's, it's hard to quantify. Right. But it's like recognizing those things maybe, but I think it is one of the core, I think it's like core components. I think, yes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate for fun. No, it's great. And I think it's a really important point. Like then maybe it's really about what actually are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Right. And how, how do we give that names? Like, do we want to name it? Do we want to be with it? Um, yeah. I mean, also like maybe pleasure can be present, but you're like, fuck no. Like, I don't want to hear. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like where is the choice? Where is like what is needed in the moment? Um, mm-hmm. If we know, if we don't know. Yeah. And that's where using language and consent comes in and that no is a really great response to anything um yeah 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 I mean so much so much stuff there like I want to talk about a mindful erotic practice um Mm -hmm. how grief goes into it there's just all this stuff and what is sex like not only what is somatic sex education (laughs) but actually what is sex does anybody know um (laughs) or is it some vastness that we have the joy or the capacity or the pain that we can keep exploring like for the rest of our lives and we still won't know necessarily what it is and is that joyful or is that something like I don't Mm. know um yeah or if I call this sex and you don't like what does like <laughs> what do we do with that, if anything? Yeah, yeah. And how do we celebrate differences and just be with each other in in all of our differences and not understandingness is so lucky Murdoch is a queer, neurodivergent, somatic sex educator and pro-dom who grew up near the Atlantic Ocean on Mi'kmaq territory. He works online and in person with a diverse range of clients and groups, offering pleasure-centred sex and masturbation coaching, erotic bodywork and workshops. Some of his areas of specialty include sex toy adaptivity, celebrating fat and gender-diverse bodies, trauma-informed BDSM and shamelessly asking for what you want. (laughs) Lockie brings in a gentle, curious presence of being with that supports clients in releasing shame and redefining success. He's very passionate about community-oriented, whimsical, erotic embodiment, especially in relationship with nature. Lockie has been a grassroots sex educator and facilitator for over 15 years. In kink and leather communities, Lockie is a service dog, a dominant leather boy, and he is also an erotica writer and loves to incorporate playful poetry and embodied art therapy techniques in sessions. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Anything you want to say about that, Lockie? Dang, it was nice to hear nice words. Yeah, that was, I was like, he seems cool. Yeah, like, that guy. <laughs> seems like a lot of fun, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very kind. Yeah, it's fun to consider all the cool things I like to do. And I was, yeah, honestly, noticing in Jess's intro, like this, piece about how and like her, the qualities of her and I don't know that felt very sweet and touching and accurate and the being with piece that I guess I put in here a while ago I was like yeah that is what I'm like I think actually mm-hmm. that's nice um yeah what do I want to say about what I do I really love it what I do and it feels very dynamic and like ever-changing um and like I'm kind of constantly leveling up in a way that isn't like competitive but is like just adding more and meeting more people and it really feels like my work evolves drastically with the folks that I encounter. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say, but that was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering where we go from here. Like, do we want to talk about like, what is sex? Something else like options? Just like in somatic sex education, like what options, what do we want to do, talk about? Anyone else got ideas? 
I think the interesting part about our work is that like we have all of these strange tools like that we like share from this one training, but then also from all of our other experiences and interests and like the idea of the dance or the creativity or whatever it is of like showing up with a new person in a space and being like, all right, other human, like how are we going to meet in the middle to support whatever it is that you're intention is here hmm. yeah because um, that can like look so many different ways <laughs> right um yeah <laughs> yeah well that's kind of the, I think maybe the beauty of also what we do and the scary piece is we really well I don't know about you two but I really don't know until someone turns up like they'll, they'll talk about intention and stuff but it's always like I'm thinking what is this human? What what can what can I bring into this space to support them? What what tools work? What tools do not? Um, what kinds of things are supportive? Yeah, something that makes me think of is how what people like think and say, like you talked about intentions, is one thing, and then you get them in a room, and then their body just does what their body does, and that's like a big part of the work mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, oh, I really want you to blah, blah, blah. And you're like, great, but your butt doesn't or but your <laughs> whatever. Actually, it looks quite different what I'm seeing or, you know, it's like, oh, I feel like that's a big part of the work. When people are yeah. like, blah, 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 thoughts, whatever. And then you get in there and you're like, cool, are you seeing this? Like, I don't know. And just I think uh, one thing that comes up for me a, a lot about all this, too, is like, I don't know who said the body knows what it needs or the body, you know, but it's like the body does know some stuff I feel like I'm just like watching and playing along with that a lot it's a lot of my work I feel like is just bringing people into relationship with that I don't know I'm teasing that I don't even know but yeah body 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 <laughs> you know though they're like oh I feel like this thing and I need it to be like that and can you this and you're like sure and then it's like not that that's not that's not the one you know mm-hmm. I don't know yeah yeah what do you think Jess Yeah, I typically, you know, when someone is doing a consult with me, I'll be like, so this can look a lot like therapy, even though I'm not a therapist, like we just talk. A lot of people don't have a safe place to talk openly about sex. Mm -hmm. Like that can be enough of an experience Mm -hmm. for an experiential thing to be like, I, you know, want to stick my finger in my girlfriend's ass. Like, I've never told anybody that before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like. And processing through that, like verbalizing and the shame and all of that. And how does that feel in the body? Like that's one end. And then like the other end is like, we do hands-on touch for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's a big, that's a big, the wide range of possibility. And of course, like not all of us do that, but I, I feel like the three of us have that on there and then maybe like some kink stuff and some other like massage things. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then within that is the like, and the person in the room. And most of the time that's no, because we're taught to like override our internal system. We're taught to appease other people. We're taught to push through or like I have X number of dollars for sessions and I need to get, learn what I can as quick as I can, yeah, yeah. you know? And so it's like your body needs time to like meet this new person in the space. and feel into that and be able to like feel how consent feels or maybe not maybe the body's like nope we have a (laughs) we have a (laughs) barrier yeah and we're not gonna go there for a few sessions or for a lot of sessions um and I think that's the like really beautiful part about SSE is like it's like we're moving at the pace of your body your nervous system whatever's there and we're here to help you not bypass yourself on the way to mm-hmm. getting to where you need to go um, or want to go. Mm. I don't see that in a lot of other providers in the sexuality field in the same way. For sure. Uh, somebody was talking to me the other day and they said, you know, the amazing thing about this work is that even if you're not touching my genitals, I actually know that there's the possibility of it and that's actually enough, right? Mm-hmm. And all the subtlety of that, of not rushing um, past 
like the body accepting this touch, accepting this other person that is possibly a total stranger to them. And it's the first session. Yeah. Yeah. Or somebody that's here and like, we'll never do that because that's not something that I want or that I don't want most of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And be like, I can get the touch that I actually want. Mm -hmm. Or the touch on my genitals that I actually want. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think too of like titration in terms of like practicing adjusting and how that's such a big part of what I've learned and just actually practice in this modality is like a thing that I already did as a trauma survivor was a lot of start and stop and touch and go and like slow and fast and slow and fast and um, doing that on purpose with someone who was really in it with me is as yeah as a as a client sometimes with practitioners and then offering that to clients I think is like really a big a big deal a really big deal mm-hmm. um and just adjusting things just to get you know as close to what you want as possible and yeah just like that practice instead of having to be doing that out in your life that might be a little bit yeah might have an impact might be just harder or wacky or you know different where it's like cool we can do all these weird experiments like yeah what's it like like an inch to the left what's it like a little more a little less you know I think that's a big part of of all that for you know um so what is sex (laughs) does anybody here know (laughs) your face is so serious I love it what is sex (laughs) (laughs) I've narrowed it down which is not narrowing at all, but in the uh, in the idea of getting less wordy, like purposeful erotic exchange for me is sex. Say that again. Purposeful erotic exchange. Huh. So for me, like sex is a lot of things. <laughs> um, so like there's many times that I have had sex with somebody or fucked somebody, which is not. Not necessarily their definition, but for me, that is the definition where it's like, I, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. This to me is sex, but to you, it's not. Kind of in the way that like vaginal penetration with a penis is sex, but oral is not. <laughs> right. Or <laughs> anal is not. Or all of these other things um, like in different frameworks where, you know, sex is one particular thing. Um, and I've just been like, I don't know, I can have sex with lots of things if the erotic is present. Yeah, I've noticed the strange space where I believe that I've had sex with somebody and they assure me that we didn't have sex, but we did have sex and it's it's a strange space to be in. It's like, oh, wow, that's mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any definition of sex, Lockie? I don't, I'm not big on definitions, but I think I would say things like in a similar frame of like, it's up to you, you know, it's what you <laughs> decide it is. And don't be a dick about it, you know, don't be pushy. Mm-hmm. Don't be putting it on anybody else if they're not wanting it. But it could have, a thing could happen to you that was for you a thing, but you don't got to be pushy about it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's a, I think it's whatever it feels like to you. I don't know. I literally wonder about this all the time. I literally say things to Jess and go, was that? And she's like, well, and I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, like we do this all the time. <laughs> and I laugh because I know that I'm just being funny about it. But also I am like going through the motions of being like, oh, I've been programmed in this way to be judgy and not know. And how much do I want to carry that on? And how much do I not? And how much matters? And for me, it's been really broadening to outdoor stuff. <laughs> With outdoor stuff, and that's really <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Big way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you ask the person that's going to be like, "Yeah, it was probably sex." <laughs> oh god, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> also, usually it is. Yeah, you know. So that reminds me of something else that is probably like a core component, possibly of somatic sex education. Like I'm just trying to think is mindful erotic practice and it reminds mm-hmm. me of like any kind of like um any mindful erotic practice or masturbation practice or just self-touch like 
did I just do the thing? Like, oh, no, I spent the whole time crawling in my room, licking the walls. Was that a mindful erotic, like, was that <laughs> masturbating? Like, what was that? Um, it's the uh-huh. same. Like, what is sex? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can cut this out, if, but it's on a blog, I think, the, the bit about you with the vibrator in your nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Rachel. <laughs> like, like, this is amazing. It's like, who's to say, like, where the erotic lives in a bot? Like, for me, at any point, you could bite, like, the tip of my finger, and that might be what makes me cut. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so much possibility with nerve endings and erotic energy that's like, well, what is. Mm. do we have to be in the same room do we have to be in the same decade like what if you wrote a story and I read it in 2028 and I have an orgasm like are we having sex maybe maybe I don't cool I don't know I don't know (laughs) I don't know either I don't know It, it feels too small the definition of sex feels too small yeah it often feels um restrictive and I don't see how having a nose orgasm could not be anything but sex. I Mm -hmm. don't see how it's not. I was surprised. I haven't done it again, (laughs) but, you know, (laughs) what surprised me is that it was incredibly pleasurable, like more pleasurable than I imagined. Mm -hmm. But what surprised me is it was without a question for me an orgasm. That was the surprise. And I can't even say it compared to other kinds of what might be orgasms because it was <laughs> unique. Um. <laughs> a nosegasm. Yeah, it was a nosegasm. <laughs> a sneezegasm, actually. The first definition that I've really liked of sex was written in Betty Martin's The Art of Giving and Receiving. Um, and she wrote, By sex, I mean the presence of your own arousal and the decision to follow it. Ooh. Hey, Betty. It's pretty good. Yeah. She follows it with another sentence. If it's a definition that uh, speaks to you, it doesn't necessarily speak, speak to me this next sentence, but it might answer your question about reading something 20 years later, but it might not. If it involves another person, they are also following their own arousal. Mm. No, it doesn't answer it at all, actually. I I assume, given the hot things that I have written and my friends that I know that write hot things, like when that is happening, they are either following arousal or like replaying and documenting arousal. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it would be true <laughs> if, the, if the writer was following arousal to write the thing. And then I was 20 years later. <laughs> I keep and saying, I don't know. The answer to me is yes, we're having sex. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you wrote erotica in 1985 and I find it hot, thank you for that sexual experience. <laughs> yeah. And some of those sexual experiences reading erotica are damn fine experiences. It's <laughs> such a, like, it's like, oh, my God, how could words be so erotic? Like, how could this be such a turn-on? Yeah. What's your definition, Rachel, if you have one? I like it to feel open, but I also want there to be some kind of definition. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind it being open because it's always, in my life, been such an enforced, closed thing. I feel like mm. so I kind of enjoy the the fact that I can um, get aroused by uh, humans and non-humans and and all of my body not just specific parts that are generally hidden to others that we don't get to see much yeah what else can we talk about then like can answer the question like what do we do what is somatic sex education what what is it that we're doing and how has it changed us as humans yeah 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 i'm curious about the us of it kind of you know because like i think you guys are two of my favorite people in the whole world so like 
yeah, that'd be kind of cool. What's cool about us? I'm curious about that in relation to <laughs> SSD. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, one of the things which like I partially like our teacher slash friend captain is very good at repeating this, but then also Lachlan, like when we started becoming friends and you're like, I just say no to shit. Like I say, no, I just, no. <laughs> and like to be in a space where like me as a girl child born into a very patriarchal family in a Christian community, no is not allowed. Like no would get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so like the shifts in my nervous system from being able to like actually have boundaries supported. And I remember a couple of years ago, I had like two people signed up for a workshop and I was like, it was still like two weeks away. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't have it in me to keep promoting this to hopefully get four people so that it feels like it's at least enough to do the workshop. And so I canceled it. And then I went to this class. <laughs> it was all about online facilitation. And I was like, yeah, like this week I canceled this upcoming workshop. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> and like did this huge big celebration and I was like I don't think I've ever been celebrated for a no with like such joy and like support and like I I know that that in particular like has shifted the way I show up in the world and like my nervous system in a way that like I'm so, so so grateful for and then also like what do you actually need to show up for your clients for your partners for your whatever relationship that it is because that also was a thing where that didn't matter in the way that I was taught to be a person in the world. And so like that part of it, what do you need in your body? Are you performing? Are you pushing past your limits? And if you do, like it's it's fine. Like that's what we do as humans. But like, can you have more space to have more choice and <laughs> ask for what you want? I think that's been the biggest and find and finding like my weird, weird ass people. Like <laughs> 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 I think because it's been a long time of me being like I don't know if this book is in Canada but there's like a little baby bird falls out of the nest and goes around and asks all these different things are you my mother it's like oh a dog oh a deer oh mm-hmm. a steam shovel like and I've been like are you my friend are you my friend like are you like mm-hmm. are you a person that's gonna get the weird stuff I feel like I finally have my little community of folks where I was like yeah it's like nerd out about this and be weird together in the like a way that I feel seen yeah that's the me of it (laughs) yeah I I love the no piece it's it's so um so important Mm -hmm. huge I mean I can't even there's no words for it except no (laughs) yeah (laughs) no yeah lucky what about you yeah like like just said no was my way into the whole thing of somatic sex ed i just like made fun of the whole thing and wasn't sure and <laughs> side-eyed and squinted my eyes and was like i don't know about that shit for the whole like for a hot minute like for a while um and being uh really just like really allowed to do that was the only way that i was able to trust it and that taught me a lot about working with clients who would also be like what you know um so for me, that was a big part of the no was the experience of saying, no, absolutely not. I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe this is happening. I don't believe I have sensation. I don't believe I'm real. I don't believe I'm in a body. I don't believe, like, I just don't, I don't believe it. I felt so dissociated and not a person and not a body, like all the time. And now I feel that some of the time. And that's a huge fucking shift for me. And it was after yeah knowing saying no a lot and going far away and looking back over my shoulder that I like it gave me the space to like kind of creep back in like look through the corner of the door you know and just like that process of taking the time it took for me to consider and change my mind again and and creep a little closer like that was the whole process of getting into it for me and that's a lot of what I'm really feel strongly and passionate about and I think I'm really good at with clients um because we don't get a lot of chance to experiment with that, you know, mm-hmm. like for so many different reasons. The other big thing for me, I forget what the question was, but I'm going to talk anyway, because it probably gets there, is like having less shame about sex, just the practice of talking about it a lot, dulled the intensity of the response I had as a survivor to even just um, like considering sex as a thing that happened that anyone was doing that I could ever want. 
And that's a thing that I do in my life all the time where I like pick a pro I make a project of stuff and I just like walk up to it over and over again. And I back up and I walk up to it over and over again. And I back up. And just by the sheer number of times that I do that, it, it, it is effective. And so with sex and like sexuality, somatic sex ed felt like an opportunity to do that a lot. So talk to people about it, have people care <laughs> in a broad sense about what I had to say about sex. And um, yeah, that just created space for the side of me that is erotic, it turns out, to come out. And then another big piece that I think ties into what we just said about like, what the fuck is sex mm-hmm. is the thing of as a survivor, um, particularly a childhood sexual abuse survivor, like the idea of sex in relation to other people was terrifying. Like the idea that anyone could get turned on anywhere ever on the planet was absolutely a sheer terror. So to expand the possibility of what it is to have arousal and to not fuck with anybody about it, really just changed my whole world like just that it could be happening and nothing was expected you know Mm. um and that led to my thing where now I'm really into the outdoors in a way that I always was but now recognize differently where it's like if there isn't a person involved it's a lot less threatening and also expanding the idea of what it is to be yeah to have what is eros what is eroticism and I just really made fun of all that shit for a long time it still feels fairly recent that I'm not joking about like erotic blah 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 you know it still happens sometimes but yeah yeah I'm trying to think of the things for me I think the mistakes are welcome really um helped and is continuing to help me let go of a whole lot of things around perfectionism and having to know everything as a kind of protection in the world like if I know everything if I um no stuff, I know where I am and I and I have all the answers, then I, I can't be hurt. Um, that's kind of like, oh, I can make mistakes and not know stuff and I don't have to be really pretend to be super smart and I'm still in the training. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of went through something around that with um, the final assignment. It was like... Um, I gave my outline and the basic outline was, um, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, it's just going to happen. And <laughs> I thought to myself, wow, is it really going to happen? And how <laughs> is that going to get approved? And, and it did. Um, because the person I presented that to said, Rachel, I wouldn't say yes to everybody, but I've watched the way you work and I think this is the way you work you don't know what's going to happen and then it happens and I say go for it (laughs) (laughs) so just allowing that in into education like when I think about all of my previous education and how you have to sit a certain way you have to dress a certain way you're supposed to have your clothes on (laughs) um (laughs) You can't say no to things. You have to turn up on time. You have to do all this stuff. And this was such a um, beautiful experience of how it can be different. And that was really um, important for me, I think, to not have to be a good student and fit in somehow and to not know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trust that those things come and the not knowing is actually sometimes um, the great place to be in especially when we're working mm-hmm. with clients like I don't know what I don't know and yeah just the just quickly just the not knowing thing I think is interesting too because it's like around sexuality in particular I remember hearing from a therapist when I was younger like that most people stumble into sexuality like they stumble into figuring it out by doing it because they don't know and that's like tumultuous and then the way that we are doing not knowing is like intentional even though we don't know like that's what I liked about the school was like we're not knowing kind of and we're naming that and we're it's kind of on purpose you know what I mean it's different than just like stumbling into I don't know there's something about that with sexuality for me that I think is interesting yeah and I love the part about stumbling into it because there's so there are spaces where we can be with others in sexuality but unless there's spaces where we can be with other people, observe or be in groups of people around sexuality in erotic spaces, we really have no idea. Like there's there's so much 
there's so much in that. And when you have the, 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 I was going to say grace, but it doesn't sound right. When you have the, um, good luck opportunity to, to watch other people and to be in those spaces, it's like, oh, or to see naked bodies or not fully dressed bodies. It's like, oh, I've got a body. And it's different to the other bodies, but all the other bodies are so different. And wow, like it takes away so many fears about our bodies, so many fears around performance, like sexuality as a performance sport where you win or you (laughs) lose, right? And maybe if you lose, the person you're with won't tell all their friends, right? And you can keep it a secret (laughs) (laughs) rather than a what what can we do? What can we explore? Like this could be fun. And even if it's mm. not, that's okay. Like what, 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 what do we want to do? Yeah. There's so many possibilities. Yeah. I think something important I learned, I was thinking about um, if this is okay to talk about. Uh, Lucky, yeah. I, I remember we did an online session once. And it was around scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really learned, because um, I've always been afraid of bodies and scars and had all these, like, ideas around what that was and what it would mean to everybody. And what I learned then was that scar tissue can be a source of pleasure. Mm. I don't know. Do you remember that? I remember that session, yeah, very well. I have very fond memories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, um, helped me, like, working with scar tissue and also noticing also that other people, it, it can be a really beautiful, finely attuned place of incredible sensation for people. Um, that that was beautiful. Like, just all these things that... I discover about us and people is just it feels open not this closed thing of I have you have to be really good at it you have to keep things it's a we're in competition you've got to be really good at this sex thing or in fact you know it's this open kind of way of being that feels really different to me that I'm kind of leaning into that I didn't believe in and some mm. bits I still don't believe in because I resonate <laughs> with what you said, Lockie, about that, yeah, yeah, not really. And then suddenly something <laughs> opens up. For, for me, I had the experience. I'd be like, oh, oh, wow, this can be different. And I feel like I've become this, like, little soft, fluffy, rain- I didn't used to like the rainbows. They were too intense and colourful for me. But now I feel like this fluffy, cute little bunny with rainbows and <laughs> I, I would never like two years ago if someone told me that I'd be like uh just like f off like really just get a life like that's not me I'm dark and melancholy and serious and cynical <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you say that and then if only they could literally see the look in your face when you laugh like that it's like this whole other character that is like yeah <laughs> the opposite of that and i know that side of you you know spend a lot of time with that side of you and it's like yeah yeah it's different i think that's interesting and reminds me of another thing too which is like the nerdy part of the neuro side like the brain chemistry or brain science is like remember learning about mirror neurons Mm-hmm. which are like these little neurons that see other things and are like, oh, it could be like that. You know, I feel like that is what you're kind of describing and happened for me too, where it's like, it's both this thing of accompaniment, which was what our session was like, where I was like, hey, could you lead me in me touching my scars through Zoom? And you were like, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know what that's about, but yeah, let's try it out. And it was like the accompaniment of you because I cared about you and I knew you cared about me in some way, you know? that felt like it was possible for me to even do touch my own scars. But then the, yeah, I think for both of us, we had this like unexpected thing where I, I think I felt unexpected pleasure in a large, like, I don't think that that would have happened if I was by myself, you know, like, I think it was like the the care and attunement with you as a person I like 
and then doing the touch it was more about that you know and i feel like being a practitioner in this realm is like that it's like accompaniment with people and then that kind of surprise of like oh it could be possible we we, we just keep saying more possibility right but it's like something about that like we stumbled upon magic mm-hmm. and maybe that's what our work is about too like we stumble upon magic by just trying to be open to possibility or maybe just by being open to possibility yep yeah <laughs> i think that's the one <laughs> yeah and actually i i do know the biggest thing that i learned and i'm still learning it i haven't learned it is actually um how to be grounded enough in myself i don't know how to express this it's just a new thing that i've been thinking about but how to be enough in myself and feel comfortable in that so that i can actually be in front of another person and kind of witness them while i'm still in my own body right and then like i don't know that's that's been um something that has been really important to me yeah the the container holding in a way that like allows us to be our whole selves I think is a very interesting departure from like other emotional labor spaces or caregiving spaces where it's like no your whole self gets to show up here and like your your no is important as as important in the space as the clients know and what do you need to like not be burned out at the end of an hour or 90 minutes or whatever the session length is yeah yeah I'm still figuring that out too yeah. probably forever yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's a big real one for sure around this stuff in like the infinite value in taking care of myself as best as i can before sessions is forever yeah or reminded forever mm. you know it's like what if i didn't eat breakfast what if i rushed out the door you won't do it so good like and, it, and it's the uh yeah it's easier for me to do that to myself but then when i'm in in with someone else i'm like oh i don't want that to be the one that gets smeared on someone else you know weird way to say that yeah (laughs) i'm also forever learning that and making little playlists of like songs that have feelings in them that i want to feel before a session or demonstrating or demoing or modeling or whatever it is you know um one thing that i think is i don't know this is edgy and true which is that there's a really important thing about ethics and scope of practice that I feel like infinitely passionate about. And then there's another thing about this, yeah, modeling and sort of maybe demonstrating or whatever, a way of being. And I think I'm good at both. And sometimes, what am I trying to say? The way that I am is usually what people like about me. It's like not the way that I'm doing body work. It's like the way that I'm with them. That's always what I get the feedback on. And that'll probably always be the truth. And the same thing about learning, like I've accepted that about myself. Like I'm not going to be the one that remembers the shit from the books. Like that's never going to happen. It's fine. But if someone tells me something that mattered to them about a book, like I probably will have a feeling that is attached to my body about that for a long time. You know, sentimentality was like a very sentimental, right? But anyway, there's something about that with taking care of myself. Somehow I got there and and clients. Yeah, it's the way that I show up is is usually the one so if I don't take care of myself and don't keep doing this stuff like doing the mindful erotic weird and uh constantly adjusting <laughs> you know like it just is really it is mindful erotic weird it's, what it is, right? <laughs> it's so like funny and like overly simple and, and complicated at the same time like it, it you know I don't know it's so weird all these concepts it's like the simple fact is like I, I think a lot of people I'll just speak for myself. It's like most of my waking life for most of my life was just trying to make it so that no one could see I was even there. Like just pretending like not moving and like not, you know what I mean? Like not being perceived. And so somatic sex ed is just the opposite of that. A lot of the time, you know, it's like, Oh, I feel uncomfortable for some reason. That makes no sense. There's some loud fucking part of me. That's like, don't move your leg. Don't move your leg. Don't move your leg. Even though it would just relieve pain, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, 
just move your fucking leg. It's like nobody cares. You know, that's like a huge part of this work for me. It's so bizarre, right? But mm-hmm. just like take care of yourself. Yeah, just suggest. Mm-hmm. Mindful erotic weird. Love it. <laughs> oh, mindful yeah. erotic grief, mindful erotic weird. Like both uh-huh. of them are just like on my list of favorite <laughs> phrases at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about and I don't remember the exact way that you worded it but like the magic of what we do and I feel that way with the mindful erotic grief practice which is like if we're just looking at it as a gathering of strangers on the internet <laughs> right like sometimes people will come back and they'll be like they'll recognize somebody from a previous time but it's mostly a new mix of people every time I talk a little bit about grief. We introduce each other and what people are, you know, why they're there. If they want to share, they don't have to. We do a meditation and then there's a playlist, which is a choose your own adventure. <laughs> like, what does your body want to do today? And what does your grief want to do today? And then we come back and we talk about it or not afterwards. Like it's a, re- it's, it's a weird setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> so simple too. <laughs> and then like, sometimes people are like, that music was nice and then sometimes people are like holy fucking shit this just blew my mind that's the weird magic of this thing of like giving permission and space and whatever is like sometimes it's mediocre like nonchalant I don't want to say nonchalant but it's that's the word that wants to come out of my mouth or like it's just like like that was that was the time and then other times it's like so much got revealed in this like hour and a half of weirdness that like at any other point Maybe Kesha's not going to get you there, but tonight Kesha got you there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And that's like all sessions. Like, well, maybe we're just talking about this or maybe like you say something. I look at you in a certain way because I'm holding the space and then it's able to shift in your body. Hmm. I don't know. It is magic. It literally is magic. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I also (laughs) loved something that you said. in the mindful erotic grief practice about how somehow because you're doing it I think every two weeks Mm -hmm. somehow your body knows that this is the day or the night and something Mm -hmm. something shows up like it's like the body's like right this is my chance to do this and just my chance to scream and masturbate yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) or dance or write my journal or yeah and what's mindful erotic weird, Lockie? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's just intention. It's just whatever you're up to on purpose. And mostly what I'm up to is weird. You know? um, celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Celebrating what's the weird. <clears throat> Reframing what, yeah, eroticism is about. Reframing. Yeah, sort of the things we talked about before, like with your nose thing. It's like, um, <laughs> for me, my sinuses lately, I've just been really tracking like, oh, it's not necessarily a pleasure thing, but there's some stuff. There's some like sensation available in my sinuses. And it used to be like, ow, was available in my sinuses at all times. And now I'm like, what if there was something else? What if there was ow and? What if there was ow sometimes? What if there was ow and temperature? What if there was ow yeah, that was noticing I was indoors, noticing I was outdoors. I don't know. So that That's my erotic weird. <laughs> Reconsidering, flipping things over and over again. It's like when you have a painting and you look at it one way, you hold it in front of yourself and you're like, oh, it's that. And then you turn it once and you go, oh, it's that. And then you turn again. You're like, oh, what if it was that? And then you do it a fourth time. And you're like, Jesus, what's, what are we at? You know, but they're all something. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Curiosity. Yeah. I think that's like, I don't know if that's an official SSE thing, but like curiosity, like what is, what does happen if you stick your finger in your nose and breathe into your genitals? I don't know. Like what does happen if you. <laughs> And getting feedback. <laughs> it's actually good. I just tried it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I really definitely felt something different. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's like it it's the science of like what like teaching ourselves kind of how the body and the brain works and then being like what like a plus b equals (laughs) i don't know what happens if i do this what happens if i try this thing if i breathe with the stars or i like masturbate with a friend like you know like who knows Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. get really geeked out on that part (laughs) follow the pleasure like the waking up the hands that buddy martin does where it's like we're just trying to teach our hands to like take in more sensation and then Mm -hmm. to follow the sensation that feels pleasurable or better or more interesting or whatever it is and then like you have a whole body I oh my god oh my god there's more than the hands oh my god what else can we do I love that I without thinking I put my finger in my nose and I felt my genitals like no shame no (laughs) questioning and I noticed that sensation and that's that's a liberating thing like um Mm. like I remember um being in a circle years ago and the the person holding the circles suggested that if people wanted they could put their hands on their genitals while we sat there quietly and I think we mostly had our eyes closed and I thought oh and I thought I'll do it and I thought no is this a trick so I had to open my Mm. eyes look around I saw other people doing I thought okay I can do it but I really didn't want to have my eyes closed and do it and now I'd just be like I wouldn't even care if it was a trick I'd just be like yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) a nice hug yeah (laughs) Oh, one more question. Uh, Lockie, I noticed that you do some cuddling work. Yeah. I'm wondering if, Jess, if there's anything like cuddling that you do or not. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of, like, in that broad spectrum that I mentioned earlier, anything is possible. Like, I have people where I'm like, let's practice going on a date and make, making a move. <laughs> right like like what do I do when I want to put my hand on your knee like when we're sitting in the booth at the restaurant or like you know like that whole the somatics of can I read a person how do I ask how do I like put my hand on someone's knee and not like disappear from my body yeah. or if I do disappear like what do I need to come back mm-hmm. and be present with this mm-hmm. thing that I really wanted mm-hmm. and then I do um I do do a lot of cuddling and as like nervous system regulation, but also <laughs> within that being like adjusting my body and being like, oh, I need to do this. Like as a mirror neurons teaching, showing by doing, like we don't have to endure in any capacity. Mm-hmm. What would feel good to your body? Which is, yeah, it's it's a very, everything's a teaching moment. It's somatic sex education is a big, big, big umbrella, I feel. Yeah, I don't know. I just use that word umbrella. It's just this, it's this creature that can be many shapes and forms. So I was going to ask you, Lockie, about the cuddling too. Like, I don't know, practicing at things, you know, this, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's something I'm just good at. And um, it merges with SSE. I feel like it, when I've done it, Often what happens is somebody has some level of arousal, like the client has some level of arousal and they're not going anywhere with it. That's towards sex. I think it's quite healing. I actually mm-hmm. hate using the word healing. I'm pretty avoidant of it, but I think it is um, pretty healing <laughs> for people. Uh, you know me. I'm grumpy about it. It's a rep- okay. reparative experience. Does that feel better? Hey, repair. I'm here. Reparative. Oh. That's good. Holding. You, know? you probably hate the word holding too, right? It's a holding. I hate holding yeah. so much more <laughs> than healing. Your whole self is welcome here. Listen, no shit. Awesome. <laughs> no shit. Holding I don't know. something different. Okay, it's repair. Yeah. I'm liking the reparative too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's happened a number of times where people have, you know, gotten kind of yeah uh excited and that's fun something that's interesting in particular for me about that that has shown up is like um just being allowed to have a body that's experimenting literally yeah it's kind of just it of being in yeah touch with another body it's like the repositioning oh maybe there's desire here oh maybe that's not what i want to do today and then um I know we talked about what is sex and then it's like, what is sexuality? What is sexual orientation? Mm -hmm. That always comes up. Yeah. Where often it'll be like, 
me and a client where we have totally different sexuality things going on, but like they might, yeah, you know, just have a body and feel like all the funny words I hate are coming up, like awakened, you know, but like something stirring somewhere, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's really just cuddling. And what I'll say that might be interesting actually for this for context is that the first person that I ever encountered who had taken the sexological bodywork training, which is like an older, semi-similar version to what we have taken. Um, I met this guy through a leather uh, conference and he was teaching a flogging workshop. And then I found out that he had a studio and did some sort of very fucking confusing and mysterious like eroticism stuff. Like I read his website a hundred times and was like, but what is it that you do? And he, mm. he just, I had no fucking clue. I saw him for a long time. I didn't know what he did, but I cuddled him for Jesus Christ. Like we just cuddled for at, yeah, four, six sessions. Most of the time I would just cuddle him as a client. That's what I wanted. So um, that was hilarious. So that was my introduction to somatic sex education was like cuddling with shirts off and being like, Ooh, chest hair. <laughs> Ooh, Stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Cuddling. Cuddling. Cuddling's That's awesome. Fun. It's it's a it's a so many horrible words I could say to describe it. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a a creature for for discovering intimacy and what is intimacy and sexuality and well what is intimacy, right? That's another good mm-hmm. one. What is intimacy and how does that, how is that a part of sex and how is that a part of friendship? How is that a part of working? How is that a part of anything? Oh, yeah. And then in the culture I come from, intimacy is sex. Like that, those words are literally, the, they mean the same thing. Oh, so it's not cuddling. No. I mean, oh, if, it's oh. with your, if it's with your spouse. Oh. But like in christian culture like you don't say sex you say intimacy oh as a like code word for the penetration (laughs) oh yeah i liked the word intimacy yeah i mean in in other contexts it means lots of other like beautiful wonderful things but like which is (laughs) where i started with the like we have to define the terms because when you Mm -hmm. say this i don't know what you mean like i mean i Mm -hmm. have an idea but like for me, intimacy is sending memes to people. Like having a meme language is intimacy, whether or not we're fucking, right? <laughs> <laughs> or cooking together or cuddling or like there's so many versions. I have an intimate relationship with my grandma. She's one of my favorite people. Mm. In other contexts, if I said that, like that feels uncomfortable. I'm just thinking about finishing up and um, is there anything we've forgotten? You want to do the thing where we ask like a question about what is happening in our bodies really briefly so that we kind of demo an example of what a little Ooh. tidbit of that can look like. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes that's fun. I did that grow and it was fun. Professional. Oh, yeah. yeah, you grow. I don't know. I think that's I awesome. Know. Yeah, let's do that thing. <clears throat> yeah. What's happening in your body, Lockie? I have a new one. I'm going to adjust it. It's I'm going to facilitate it for a sec. Sorry. I don't know what's oh, happening. Um, yeah, okay. Facilitate. Everybody. When I say the word possibility, what sensation or movement or sound, like what, what comes up in your body when I say possibilities? Actually, plural, possibilities. I felt this like, I feel this, lightness and this upward movement and my neck relaxing and a smile and I feel like um I actually see colors in my body and it's rainbows oh my god um (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness rainbows I see I feel rainbows and I feel like they're really big and expansive and that there's this like galaxies of um fun and play yeah, I feel fun and play and joyfulness and maybe maybe some pleasure just kind of like on the edges. I don't know. And my face smiles. That, that's how I feel. 
I am having like, I really do think I'm getting sick. So like <clears throat> there was the competing, like my throat's feeling funny and then my face is feeling very hot. But then it, when you said possibilities, it got warmer and I was like, oh, my face likes that. <laughs> and also this is too warm. But then I also had like a, like, you can't see my hands, listeners. It felt like a little bubbly, shimmery, like kind of coming up my back, like rib cage up to my neck, like a like, mm, kind of feeling is what happened with possibilities. Yeah. What about you, Lucky? Um, I became a dog. That happened. And I did that thing I do where I like bob back and forth about possibilities. I get very bouncy. And it made me think of you because we both, because all three of us, we kept saying possibilities this whole time. And so the whole time we were doing the recording, I was like waiting until we'd been doing it long enough to be like, we've been saying possibilities a lot. But I didn't want to say too <laughs> early, you know, but I've been excited about that on the inside the whole time. Um, <laughs> and the upward motion is, is a consistent one for me too. It feels like whooshing up, <sighs> whooshing up spacious and um oh maybe it's wind yeah it's like wind whooshing wind mm. sounds so hokey but like that's what it's like sometimes it's like we just do that over and over again and that builds like a skill set of noticing sensations in our bodies and then all of a sudden we know what's going on anyway i thought it'd be cool. fun to demo that <laughs> yeah yeah it's awesome so yeah thanks so much for both of you for coming to be here on the first podcast thanks for having us yeah yeah i hang out with you too all the time i know i don't get to see you that much rachel you're so fun cool thanks You can find my services for individuals both online and in person at my website in the show notes. And if you want to support my podcast, you can click on buy me a coffee. That link is also in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Awakening the Body with your host, Rachel Charlie.